Hey, Apple Music, this is Taylor Swift. Midnights tells the stories of 13 sleepless nights scattered throughout my life. I hope you like it, and wherever you are, you'll meet me at midnight. to be this is small town music this is big town music he's ahead of his time you know but he can't use it if only he could prove it well tomorrow's just a song away a song away a song away Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I am Ezra. And today, we are going to go track by track through the new Taylor Swift album from 2022 called Midnight. Now this thing's got so many songs on it. The proper album has approximately... 13. 13, and then there's like three bonus tracks, and there's also the... Midnight's 3 a.m. edition, which has one, two, three, four, this has a bunch of songs on that. Maybe and then the Target edition has a song that's exclusive. Called, yeah, called Hits Different. So we're going to try to get through all these and give you our thoughts and prayers on these songs. <laughs> on this Christmas day. On this Christmas day. Now, did you listen to this album a lot? Like, how many times do you think you've listened I to this album? I think I've listened to this album probably like... 20 times and where does this rank among taylor swift's albums to me it's the closest akin to the 1989 album i i agree it's like um if like 1989 and red it feels like it felt like a return and i think that's what got me so into it um is that i think that like folklore and evermore are great but i think that they're really great albums for people who didn't like taylor swift before they heard them this some people really didn't like this album, or at least initially, like the response was kind of mixed. This was not well received by a lot of people that I talked to. People were like disappointed. But it felt like a return to like what she's more, what I associate more of with like her signature well, sort I mean, of style. It wasn't a return to Fearless or Speak Now or Red for me. No, I. It's a little bit of a return to Red for me. Yes, yeah, I know. I just nineteen eighty nine. For me, it's the most like 1989, which, which took a, a while to grow on me, that album, mm. actually. Um, and like, but I also think it does a good job of blending a lot of like her more mature, like musical sensibilities with like the fact that like she does, I don't know, she's corny. Like sometimes she's just really corny, but like I kind of like it. I yeah. do like it. Yeah. I don't know. And it's, uh, it's definitely... Um, it's definitely one that has to grow on you. It, I don't think this, I don't think you like this immediately. On I, the it first grew lesson. on me. It a hundred percent grew on me. I think that as much as it aesthetically and musically, like most communicates 1989, there are songs that really sound like a uh, reputation, an album that I do not love. There are songs that do feel more akin to red for me. There are songs that feel a lot like 1989 and there are songs that pull from her musical shift with folklore and evermore. I think that you get a lot of it. You don't get her old, old stuff. Right. But that's kind of to be expected. I mean, it's been like 15 years. That, what's, that's what makes her so great, though, because this yeah. is not like Evermore or Folklore at all. No, yeah. And those two albums weren't like Lover or mm. Reputation. But this felt the most like a culmination of her last like four albums in a way that I really liked. 
in a way that I really appreciated once you start to like think about it. And, you know, she's an artist that's always evolving, growing and doing different things and going wherever her heart and mind want to take her. Mm -hmm. And everyone's willing to go for the ride. I mean. Yeah, for sure. And the marketing on this was big as always. You yeah. know, No singles, though. Just no, dropped the whole album. He just dropped the whole album. No real singles. You're right. So you pick the single. You decide right. what your favorite song is. I think the single would definitely be Antihero, though. I mean. Are you sure that put, wasn't released as a single? Let me look. Positive. Let me see what I'm pretty here. sure. She released the titles, but she didn't release the actual songs. It all dropped at once, as far as I know. Mm, there's some songs that are highlighted, and usually when they're highlighted on on um, Wikipedia, let me see if I can find out. All right, we're doing research. Um, we're doing research. <laughs> I'm pretty confident, though. You're and pretty... Tahira was the first music video she put out. Right, and I think see. that's what made it feel... I think it was the first one that got a lot of traction and a lot of Well, if it was put out as a as a video, then that's that's what we consider a single. Yeah, but it wasn't put out before the album. I guess that's what I'm I'm saying she she put gotcha. the whole album out at once. And if there was a lead sort of single, I think it was probably Antihero. The what we are considering the singles are Antihero and Lavender Haze, followed by Lavender Haze. That's what mm -hmm. it is considered to be the two singles. Okay. But did she release them before she dropped the whole album? Um, that I don't know. Yeah, so that's what, that's all I'm saying. Um, do you remember the weird timing thing that happened with this album versus? No. So do you remember what day this album came out? You're going to get in trouble. No, look. don't no, don't look at I, Wikipedia. What day did this album come out? On your birthday? Yes. Right. <laughs> that's why you're going to get in trouble. And what I didn't look. What when other I album, said that, I didn't look. What other album came out on my birthday? Uh, was it Red? Yeah, the one we last podcast yes, about. Yes, we love Red. We so, did. how old was I when Red came out? Twelve? Yeah. And this album came out on my 22nd birthday, which is so crazy. That because is crazy. Because ten years ago, when I first listened to this album, I was like, ten years ago, I was listening to Red... And I was 12 singing a song about turning 22. Yep. And, then, and, now, and now I am 22. 22 years old. That was like a really weird full circle moment for me. And I think something that sort of immediately endears me to this album is that it came out on my birthday and I was listening to it. That is like, pretty cool. On my birthday. Uh, two, um, yeah. Taylor Swift released a new album. There's a new Tegan and Sarah album. Mm -hmm. It's just okay. We can talk about that one later. <laughs> Talk about that another time. There's new Carly we, Rae Jepsen album. They all came out. And how was that? Honestly, I didn't listen to it. All right. But I heard good things. Well, for this album, all songs written and produced by Taylor Swift and Jack Antonoff, except where noted. Mm -hmm. So there's some, you know, Lana Del Rey helps out with some writing. Zoe Kravitz Ugh. helps out with some writing. So. What are your What are your thoughts on Jack Antonoff's production? I'm not a big Jack Antonoff Same. fan. Same. I'm just I not. Think there are. We should point out the songs that aren't produced by him because I think that until you listen to the ones that aren't produced by him, you're like, "This is fine," and then you're like, "Except for I but do what, not care for Lana Del Rey." <laughs> I mean, it looks like he's had his hand in producing every song on this album, but the the Midnight's 3 a.m. version yes, edition is saying. where he doesn't have his hand. Yeah, and I think in some of much. those. I think some of the extended songs are better than the ones that actually made it I to the top 13. kind of agree with you. Maybe we should get into it, though, Let's because do the we 13. have a lot of songs to get through. We, and we can talk about all these opinions 
Okay, well, let's get okay, going with it. with the with the thirteen that make up the actual standard mm-hmm. release album. Yes, with four covers and flip them over, and make a clock, all that stuff. Yes, look, we're not going to get into that. Look it up. Go to her website. <laughs> no, this is the a marketing's Taylor, amazing. This is a Taylor Swift promo now because she needs it. Yeah, she's not making any money. All right, so the first song is called Lavender, Lavender Haze. Haze. All right, let's kick it off. Let's hear a little bit. Of lavender haze. Immediately, you know it's not folklore. Yes. creeping up is there a vaccine for that (laughs) what do you think of lavender haze um i think it's a pretty solid way to start off the album um it's not my absolute favorite song it probably ranks around the middle um i've heard people say that it's uh partially about like patriarchy and pressure to get married um yeah i was it was hearing that and having that be my first introduction to the album i was like okay all right, I could get behind this. Yeah, I mean, again, listening to music with headphones on takes a whole new different, you know, you immerse yourself in it more. So hearing that right now with the headphones on, it sounds a lot better than than it sounded in the car to me. Mm -hmm. So, and I have the lyrics in front of me, so I'm following along uh, (laughs) because um, this album is, uh, you know, a lot of times I can understand every single word she's saying. But in this album... Voice is a little bit buried in the mix, a little mm-hmm. bit. Maybe, Thanks, Jack maybe, Antonoff. Yeah, maybe a filter on it, maybe doing. But I, but I understand that that's the the sound of this. Oh yeah, particular sure. album. And you know, if we know Taylor Swift, the next album probably isn't going to sound like this. True. It could sound like Evermore. Who knows? Yeah, I also realized I was talking about her last four albums. Uh, I really should have said last five if we're going back to 1989. I just forget that Lover happened. Yeah, you know what? I listened to her whole catalog uh, about a month ago as my album of the day, rock solid album of the day, on uh, Twitter, and um, and Reputation and Lover sounded better to me than mm. they ever had before. Wow! Like Lover was almost like something newly discovered. Like, so you're a big lover, loverhead now. I'm kind of into that album now, and I I was like before I would have been like I don't even know what that album is. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, Reputation, um, coming off of Red in 1989, Reputation just felt so different to me. It felt Mm -hmm. like she was trying too hard to fit in with what everyone else was doing. Mm -hmm. But now when I listen to it, it it really hits a chord. I do like it. All right. Next song. 
written by Taylor and Jack Antonoff, is called Maroon. Maroon. Here we go. Off your vinyl shelf Cause we lost track of time again Laughing with my feet in your lap Like you were my closest friend How'd we end up on the floor Anyway you say Your roommate's cheap as screw top rose That's how I see you every day now Here's what I'm going to tell you. Um, this song didn't mean anything to me mm-hmm. when I was listening to it again in the car, which is mm-hmm. where I listen yeah. to most of my music. But with headphones on and reading the lyrics, this is this is Taylor Swift. Right. I mean, the, the music's different. But if you took these lyrics and put them into the a pop, you know, and made the music more pop like Fearless or Speak Now – People would be digging the heck out of this. Yeah. And I think that this this song was like this song kicks it up for me. It's yeah. only number two. This is I really this like is this better song. than Lavender Haze. And like I think one, it's something really interesting about this album that I also think was true for folklore and evermore, um, is seeing the shift to her singing about her life and writing lyrics that are that are so much more adult, not because they're scandalous or anything but just because you know going from listening to taylor swift when i was a kid it's so different to hear her talking about um i don't know just talking about relationships in a much more frank like young adult yeah hooking up drinking yeah you know all that stuff but um but she's older she's absolutely no yeah she's 30 yeah she's 30 30 so it's not you know it's not speak now. It's not no, white it's horse. Totally. But um, this is like a really good case of that. And if you look at the difference, I think it's interesting to look at the song compared to Red. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's Red where I feel like those lyrics feel very simple. Well, it's yeah. Well, it's cute. interesting because this is maroon. And this is maroon. It's a little bit. It's, like, it's a darker red. And I'm sure that's intentional. It's, I'm sure it's intentional. Every, and, everything she does is intentional. Yeah. The color lyricism, if you compare those songs side by side, this is so much more advanced and mature. This is the same character that's in red. Yeah. Um, She really paints a picture, though. When the morning came, we were cleaning incense off your vinyl shelf. You can see that. You know what an incense stick is. And it burned down and then it, you know, the the ashes fell. And I mean, it's just, it really, this paints a picture. Yeah. How did we end up here? The rosé? I mean, yeah. Poetry. I am. I'm enjoying reading the lyrics, reading along with these lyrics. All right. Let's keep going. All right. Anti-hero. 
Do you say anti anti-hero. or anti? Anti-hero. I say anti. She says anti-hero. Well, then I'll go with what she says. Uh, written with Taylor Swift and Jack Antonoff, who, who seems to be her primary guy right now. Yeah. They must, they must have a great working relationship. Oh, they totally do. They And I, I love that for them. Yeah. And I mean, she probably feels good about working with a guy who's not going to have... Uh, what do I want to say? Romantic aspirations for her. Mm-hmm. She wants to feel like she's in a safe place with a an equal collaborator who just happens to be male. Yeah. No. So cool. Okay. Antihero. You can do it, Dad. <laughs> That's great. It, this is a killer song. So this is great. Now look, I'm I was with almost everyone when I would read comments on Twitter that this album's not great and it's not this and there's no hooks and there's no choruses. I just heard verse and hook and a chorus and again the music. I mean, if someone said every song sounds the same, I can I can. I can understand mm-hmm. why you would say that, but I really do think you need to get into this a little deeper mm-hmm. and listen. Cl- and look, if you have the time, and I know it's hard to find the time, but to just sit down, throw some headphones on, open up the lyric book, r- and follow along, it's a totally different listening experience. Okay. Yeah, I feel like this is the we are watching in real time. You become more endeared to this album and enjoy it more. One hundred percent. You're correct. Yeah, you're correct. Because again, I haven't given this as many, I haven't given it 20 listens. I've maybe given it two or three. And again, that's not start to finish at one time. That's Mm -hmm. driving around in a car, which is is different. You can't listen as intently. And I'm certainly not following along with the Mm -hmm. booklet in the car. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll say that um, at my job that I was working when uh, this album came out, I put this on at first uh, for the commute to work. Okay. And um, I have a really short commute, so I only got three songs in. Right. But by the time I was like pulling in and listen, and the end of Antihero played, I was like, this album is going to be great because I think those are great three songs. I think Antihero might still be one of my top songs on this album. Mm-hmm. But all the same, when I listened to the rest of it, I was like, yeah, I maybe like a third of these. And the more I listened, the more I'm like, no, there are only a couple that are real, you know, misses for me and we'll yeah. get into those but um there's also a great moment at the end of antihero where um her like it's me high becomes it's me 
hi <laughs> and it's like really it's really fun yeah it's really really fun um to hear her break from like singing to speaking yeah um it, and this one has great fun lyrics too so now snow on the beach features lana del rey and it was also written and produced by taylor jack and lana so this is where we get into the first song that I do not care for. I'm not that big of a Lana Del Rey fan. She sucks. She's <laughs> Taylor Swift doesn't have to work with the flavor of the month. Yeah. You know, even though Lana Del Rey has many albums also, mm-hmm. you know, th- this, you know, let's listen to it. Snow yeah. on the Beach. Yeah. It's not a duet. She's just kind of in the mix there. She's kind of there. Yeah. Um, it didn't sound, uh, you know, it didn't sound terrible. It's boring. Mm-hmm. I just think the song is boring. I just think this is a nothing song. Now, Taylor's swearing in almost every song on this album. I saw someone on Twitter say that Taylor Swift swears like she just got permission to swear. <laughs> and I do have to agree with that. But yeah, she is a 30 year old woman who can do what she wants. Yeah. I just yeah. think she needs to put more conviction behind it. Yeah. She just kind of throws them off, you know, yeah. nonchalantly. Yeah. And they, you know, I'm, th- I'm Taylor Swift. I'm 30. <laughs> Heck. <laughs> Track five. And now these, these, uh, the length of these songs is they're all like around three and a half minutes. Like that's, that's like a, a traditional pop song length, except for snow on the beach. That was the first one that broke four minutes. Yeah. Which it doesn't need to break four minutes. Yeah. See, that's oh interesting God. that that's the first one where you're like, you know, not, you know, and it's, it's not only like you said, boring, but it's also longer than the other songs yeah. and you don't want the boring song to be the longest song. Yeah. But then we get back, we get back into it. You're on your own kid. No, I'm telling you, you're on your own, kid. Always have been. That's not true. All right, uh, Taylor and Jack again. Here we go. Summer went away. Still the yearning stays. I play it. Already it's great. The best of them. I wait patiently. He's gonna notice me. It's okay. We're the best of friends. Smoking with your boys I touched my phone As if it's your face I didn't choose this town I dream of getting out There's just one Who could make me 
always have been. Now I get why you said that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were being funny with me. That's a great song. Yeah. Like, I think the first time I listened to this album, I think this was the first one where I was like, oh, okay, yeah. here we go. Here we go. Absolutely. It took five songs in, but this one was the first one that yeah. really grabbed me. This one's really, really solid. It is. Yeah. Three minutes and 14 seconds. Yeah. And again, Delve's like, digs really deep. Delve's really personal. Mm-hmm. She's been in a relationship now for like three years, right? With the same dude. Joe Alwyn. Yeah. Which means she's not, you know, writing the... You know, you know the, the type of Taylor Swift song that people might say is her stock and trade, like the revenge song or the well, this and that. You say that, but there are still there are still a couple on here, and I think something that people were talking about with this album that people appreciate is that she digs into past hurt mm-hmm. and does she you need know, to do that now? Moments. Though, don't you think she should be through that? Well, one, I think that something that she sort of said about this album is that this is an album she's been writing for a long time. I think the timeline on this album is this is sort of a compilation of songs that she has, the, like the the idea is that she's written them late at night, but really just sort of confessional songs that she's written, you know, over the mm-hmm. years, sort of her like, these are sort of like her, her these were like her her midnight confessions her midnight confessions and so i think that that with that being the conceit and the fact that she probably did start writing some of these years ago mm-hmm. i think that's the case for actually more of her songs than people think like you know i think it makes i think it makes perfect sense and i think like i don't know i think it's something people who make art are entitled to you know and then jack antonoff and her made these lyrics sound cohesive so the album has the same sound yeah but again, if you hear some of these songs, and let's say this was written during the lover period, well, you know, change the production, change the instrumentation a little bit, and yeah. this song would fit on yeah. that album. And I think these also might have been songs that she knew from the get-go didn't fit on other albums. So they needed to go together. Yeah. Like Misfits. Yeah. It's called Midnights, but it could be called Misfits. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. Um all right, Midnight Rain is track six, two minutes and 55 seconds. Loves to say the name of the album in a song title, in her songs, mm-hmm. loves it. Yep. And here we go, again, written by Taylor and Jack. He wanted a comfortable, I wanted that pain. He wanted a pride, I was making my own name. Chasing that fame, he stayed the same. All of me changed like midnight. Pageant queens and pretenders, but for some it was paradise. My boy was a montage, a slow motion love potion, jumping off things in the ocean. It broke his heart because he was nice, he was sunshine, I was midnight. He wanted a comfortable, I wanted that pain. Now, who's doing those vocals there? I think it's her, but pitched down, like almost certainly. It came like a postcard, picture perfect, shiny family, holiday, peppermint candy. But for him, it's every day. It's 
really cool song. Yeah, this is where I'm like, okay, Jack, I forgive you. This is actually, this is actually good. This is what you do best. <laughs> the production on the song is really interesting. I like Jack Antonoff when he's interesting. I don't like it when it feels like he's sort of smothering a song in what he does, you know, <laughs> which is these really hyper-produced yeah, like, I mean, pop songs. Like, I like the bleachers. I'm following along in the lyrics again, and it's just, for me, it's really, it really is a Taylor Swift album. Absolutely. 100%. She refers in Midnight Rain and You're on Your Own Kid to, like, a town mm-hmm. that she wants to get out of. And I'm like, wait, I've it's been, like, bugging me. I'm like, wait, where are you talking about? And I don't know if she's talking about a place, but that's just a thing. It could to be think any about. town, USA. Yeah. Like, she's uh, just lived in, she was just living in New York for so long. I'm like, I hope what are you uh, talking about? I hope people that dismiss this album um, go back and revisit it if they're yeah. listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Did it sell or, well? I uh, let me see. Oh, of course it did. Of course it did. It had to have, right? Yeah. Let me see. Let's see if I can find some sales figures on this. I know anecdotally that one of my roommates couldn't find the Target version of this album for months. Really? Months. How? She didn't. She didn't do what you do. Did and get it at you know six a.m. the day I've, it came out. I've never not seen it though over there at uh, the I Target. I don't know the at the Target. The Hadley, Massachusetts Target is uh, just low, low on Taylor Swift. And I we have. Can, I can't find the. I can't find the. For some reason, I can't find. Let me click on here. On that, yeah, I can't yeah. find any. Uh, oh well. Remember one Let's of my roommates works at that Target, so we had an in and we... Yeah, and you couldn't get it? Couldn't get it. It's ridiculous. All right, track seven is questions, dot, question, I'm sorry, question, dot, 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 and then a question now, mark. do you want to play my my little Easter egg before? Yeah. You, yeah, let's do that. You said that they're sampling, they do a little sample of Out of the Woods. Yes, you think which, they do. Which was one of the first songs that Taylor Swift and Jack Antonoff produced together. Okay. And um, I heard this, there's this little like, once again, pitch down distorted, I remember at the start of this song called Question. And I heard that and I was like, where's that from? And at first I actually thought it might've been picked from All Too Well. I knew it was one of her songs because All Too Well also does a lot of, you know, I remember this, I remember yeah, that. Trickery. But it's not, it's not the same, it's not the same one. And even picking it through out of the woods, I was trying to find the exact one that I think they might have taken. Um, right. But I just thought that was a cool detail. So we're going to play the Out of the Woods clip and then... And then we'll see if we can find it. Yeah. Question. Well, it's, it's, at the, it's at the very start of the It's song. at the top. Okay, yeah. here we go. Out of the Woods. That one. <laughs> Not that one. But the first one. Yes. Okay, let's go to questions. I keep calling it questions. It's question. I want to put an S on it. Yep. Let's go again because I was talking. I don't remember who I was before you painted all my nights. A color I've searched for since, but one thing after another fucking situation. 
situations, circumstances, miscommunications And I have to say, by the way, I just may like some explanations Can I ask you a question? Did you ever have someone kiss you in a crowded room? And every single one of your friends was making fun of you But 15 seconds later they were clapping too Then what did you do? Did you leave a house in the middle of the night? I love this because these are all questions. Yeah. All the, she's asking so true, all Dad. these questions. Yeah. Then so what did you do? I was totally right about that sample, right? Yeah, I think so. I'm 100% Definitely. right. I'm a genius. 100% um, right. This is honestly a song that I really didn't like. And one that people definitely like dug into mm-hmm. for being, I don't know, kind of corny in its lyricism. But I like corny lyrics, though. I like it. I think it's fun. I oh, like- here we go. We're getting in some. Yeah, this territory of the album gets real, real divisive. This is written just by Taylor. This is <laughs> vigilante shit. Oh, is this one of the, is this one not Jack Ananoff at all? Um, not, I mean, it, he produced it, but he didn't write it. Okay, cool. So, oh, that's rough for you, Taylor. Okay. Let's, yeah, yeah let's get a vigilante shit. This is, this is, this is a solo writing credit on this one. Draw the cat eyes sharp enough to kill a man. You did some bad things, but I'm the worst of them. See, this has the 1989 feel to me. This feels like reputation. Oh, yeah, you're right. Reputation. Got a bad reputation. You're right. My mistake. I don't dress for women. I don't dress for men. Lately, I've been dressing for revenge. I don't start shit, but I can tell you how it ends. Don't get sad. Even so, on the weekends, I don't dress for friends. Lately, I've been dressing for revenge. She needed cold, hard proof, so I gave her some. It's like her attempt at a James Bond song. She had the envelope. Where you think she got it? I just want us to wait for one thing. Uh oh. Now she gets the house, gets the kids, gets the pride. Never mind, it's too far into the song. No. Which line are you thinking? It's actually that, sorry. <laughs> I just wanted picture me thick as thieves with your ex-wife because I think it's funny. And then I talked over it. I like this song I like this song because it's written from a character's point of view. This yeah. this has nothing to do with Taylor Swift. Mm. You people, think it does? People think that this is a Scooter Braun revenge song. Scooter Braun recently divorced, recently oh, in lawsuits. Well, then it probably is um, because probably coke addled. Like she takes no prisoners with her lyrics. Yeah, so people think this is a hundred percent a Scooter Braun dig. She is, I think, friendly with uh, an with, ex-wife with of the his. Ex-wife. Like probably had nothing to do with their divorce, but like you know, it's it, in that sense, she's definitely doing a character. What do you? But th- I think this is. I think this song is very, very corny, and I get why people are making fun of it. On third listen, it's hilarious. I just, it's. Fun. I didn't hate it at all. I didn't hate it. It feels like Reputation, an album I it does feel like Reputation. Don't like. Yeah, because give that a is... listen again, though. Try Reputation okay, one more time. Okay. And it's got one of my favorites on it. This is why we can't have nice things. I love that. <laughs> okay. Um, 
what was I going to say about this? Oh, I was just going to say, what, what do you think the next Taylor's version is going to be? Is it going to be Speak, Speak now? now? It has to be Speak Now. And I want it. But she's also going to redo Reputation. Yeah. I think she first must do that one last. Yeah. If I was her, I would do either Reputation or... or the debut? Self-titled last, yeah. So you think it's going to be Speak Now, then 1989, and then one of the other two. Mm-hmm. All right. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This song, this is a hard word for me to say, bejeweled. 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 Written by Taylor and Jack. Mm-hmm. Produced by Taylor and Jack. That's Jack Antonoff, not Jack White. Weirdo. Baby love, I think I've been a little too kind. Didn't notice you walking all over my peace of mind. In the shoes I gave you as a present. Putting someone first only works when you're in their top five. And by the way, I'm going out tonight. Best believe I'm still bejeweled. When I walk in the room, I can still make the whole place shimmer. And when I meet the band, they ask, do you have a man? I can still say I don't remember. Familiarity breeds contempt, so put me in the basement. When I want the penthouse of your heart, diamonds in my eyes. I polish up real, I polish up real. It's just that at the beginning of this song, that nice. little that little droning thing mm-hmm. is uh, is kind of a theme throughout a lot of yeah. these songs, and I think that's a thing that people don't like on first listen. Yeah. But as you get into it, and you and you listen to these lyrics, again, so much. This is these are fun lyrics. Yeah, in this song. super fun. No, Bejeweled yeah. is is super. It's fun. Yeah. This was also this like question was one where I was like, oh, this song sucks. And then like I just kept listening to it and it gets in your head like a good pop song. And like eventually I was just like, yeah, well, this is fun. And yep. the music video is like super hilarious. When I walk in the room, I can still make the whole place shimmer. That's great. Shimmer. Yeah, that's great. All right. Moving on. Labyrinth. Track 10 already. We're, we're, uh, we're moving right along. I'm glad. We have a lot to get through. This is, who's this written by? This one doesn't, I saw, I'm, oh, here it is. It's written over here. Taylor and Jack, of course. Mm-hmm. It only hurts this much right now. All right, that's the first lyric. Let's find out what's going on here with Labyrinth.
whether it is or not, I get the feeling that she wants us to think this is about Joe Alwyn. About who? Her current. Her current oh, okay, boyfriend, okay. Um, is the sense I get. This is this is a interesting song, and do you, something that I like forgot was in here, but that you can hear with the good headphones. Um, is that little like you like, like the, the little like brr, brr, no. that kind of stuff? Like you can hear two people's voices going ah ah papa in like the very beginning mm-hmm. and it's i think it's her and jack because if you've ever seen any um documentary stuff about their songwriting process mm-hmm. and i think a lot of artists do this but there's just a lot of footage of them going like what if it went like ba 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 da da like they do that a lot and i can i it kind of sounds like it's it might have been her and jack's first pass at what they wanted this song to sound like and they kept it really low in the start over what it ended up sounding like. Because they thought it was fun. Yeah, because it is fun. I feel like I'm talking too much. You're not talking too much. You <laughs> you you know this album more than I know it, having listened to it 20-some times. Give me your labyrinth thoughts. Um, again, it's another one that did not jump out at me when I listened to the album before, but with the headphones on and listening, it's a very nice song. Mm-hmm. It's very... And that nice sounds... Like dismissive, but it's it just is. Yeah. It's about falling in love and about it's scary. Mm-hmm. And it's it's short. And do you want to? Yeah, and sweet. Yeah, and do you want to? Do you want to take that plunge? Mm-hmm. I love the elevator th- reference. I was and thinking. The planes. I've been thinking a lot about that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Okay, Karma, track eleven's got a lot of writers on it: Taylor Swift, Jack Antonoff, Mark Anthony Spears, Keanu Torres. <laughs> Are you okay? I can't swallow water. You gotta learn to. We're fine. And uh, I can't pronounce this person's name. Yahan Akil Sweet. So I don't know if they sampled some some song. Sometimes when people get writing credits like this, it's because they sampled Mm -hmm. uh, a famous song. I don't know if they did here. But this kicks off. We we get a swear word in the first uh, line. And this is karma. Uh This is karma. Aren't you glad I'm 22 and you don't have to release Pat's version and take songs off? I don't have to, yeah, (laughs) delete songs. Listen to the last podcast if you want to know what that's about. That we did. Yes. You're talking shit for the hell of it. Addicted to betrayal, but you're relevant. You're terrified to look down. Because if you dare, you see the glare. Everyone you burn just to get there It's coming back around And I keep my side of the street clean You wouldn't know what I mean Karma is my boyfriend Karma is a god Karma is the breeze in my hair on the weekend Karma's a relaxing thought Aren't you envious that for you it's not I'm just okay with this song. I think it is so fun. I <laughs> I'm like, not saying it's not fun. It's just I'm just okay with. I'm it. just. I think this is a ten out of ten fun song. Oh my Karma god! Karma is a cat purring in my lap because it loves me. That's flexing hilarious. like a goddamn acrobat. Like and yeah, like once again, anytime she tries to actually like. Who's Spider Boy? I don't know. Mm. I was. I caught that on this listen too. I was like, what are you t- I don't know. Um, she doesn't want us to know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It like it doesn't. Not every 
part of this song hits like she once again i don't think she's very good at being sincerely vengeful um this like vengeful character she yeah. does but i do think the lighthearted the lightheartedness that this song has really serves it well um and the tongue-in-cheek you know karma is my boyfriend karma is a god karma is a cat i think it's adorable maybe she's so talking fun. about the guy from her record label that sold the masters to scooter braun yeah i'm sure i'm sure a lot of the revenge songs on this particular album are not actually about relate or are yeah. not about romantic relationships no th this is about a business relationship yeah, for sure don't you know that cash ain't the only price it's coming back around and i keep my side of the street clean yep. you wouldn't know what i mean yeah yeah all right see now it's kind of grown on me <laughs> you're feel, so easily persuaded i feel wishy-washy on this album because i know that when i mentioned it on twitter stuff it was like yeah i'm not digging it and you but know but i felt the same way so like I totally get what you mean, and I. But there's music that I I didn't like when I was younger that now I love, you know. And there's artists that I never listened to and I was like, dismissed them, and now I love them. So I mean, I guess that's the beauty of music and maturity and all that stuff. But yeah, I I just hope people start to listen to this album. I mean, I know a lot of people love it, mm -hmm. but I know a lot of people that yeah were lukewarm, and I think those people need to give it another try. Absolutely. Sweet Nothing, written by Taylor Swift and William Bowery. I don't know who he is. Uh, I believe William Bowery is, uh, a, I think people were saying, I think that their belief is that William Bowery is a uh, pseudonym? pseudonym for Joe Alwyn. I think that's oh, what- Oh, so you think she wrote this with her boyfriend? Yes. I think that I remember that's what people on Twitter were saying. All right. My citation is twitter.com, so don't come for me. I know that, that this could be wrong. <laughs> So this is track 12, and we only have one more from the standard version. Which is crazy, because there are so many more good songs. I know, and we're going to hear them. Here's Sweet Nothing. song yeah and uh, i fact checked it people do think uh it is semi-confirmed that it's joe alwyn apparently william bowery has also written on folklore and evermore and i think that this is one of the songs that sounds like it could be it really sounds like the bridge transition between the lover and evermore folklore era yeah like that's that's where it starts to get into her um to that side of her songwriting all right so now if you only own the standard edition you don't have the 3 a.m. edition and you don't have the deluxe edition or a Target edition or anything. Mm -hmm. This is where the album ends for you. 
44 minutes and two seconds worth of brand new Taylor tight. Swift music. Yeah, it's tight. And this song is three, three minutes and 11 seconds. I'm sorry. <laughs> and this is how, if there were no bonus tracks or anything, this is how she wants to close out Midnight. And I do think it is a good, it is a really, really good closing song. I just think there's so much more after it that is also good. Right. So here we go. Mastermind. Once upon a time, the planets in the face and all the stars aligned. You and I ended up in the same room at the same time. And the touch of a hand lit the fuse of a chain reaction of counter moves to assess the equation of you. Checkmate, I couldn't lose. What if I told you none of it was accidental And the first night that you saw me Nothing was gonna stop me I laid the groundwork and then Just like clockwork The dominoes cascaded in a line What if I told you I'm a mastermind And now you're mine It was all by design Cause I'm a mastermind See, Taylor Swift needed to find a guy who was okay with her being ultra successful I, and, and wants her to be. <laughs> and doesn't, I mean, I'm not going to say doesn't mind living in her shadow, but yeah, elevates her, mm-hmm. makes her be her best self and is fine if they go out and people are yelling and screaming for her. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, great. That's, that's my girl. I love this song. Um, I like this song too. It inexplicably reminds me of a song that I think is I think isn't a bonus track. I think it's on the main. I think it's toward the end of the the main songs on Red called "The Lucky One." It might be a mm-hmm. bonus track actually. Um, that I really like. I don't know. It's like she has these songs that feel very contemplative, um, and uh, Mastermind feels like that one of my roommates said that uh she liked the song because it normalized being crazy which i also (laughs) think is hilarious but on a different note as someone who's definitely been that person who has sort of seen someone across the room romantic or otherwise honestly mostly friends and been like you're gonna be my friend i'm gonna make you like me and then felt kind of guilty about it you know months into that relationship um I think that's a. I think it's a very relatable, great song, and so it you, ends with him knowing the whole time that that yeah. she that she orchestrated it. That she, yeah. that she. So maybe he's the mastermind, right? Because he let it happen. It's great. It's a. It's a perfect song. That's probably. I, I feel like I don't have like a ranked like number one, two, three, but it's definitely like top three for me. All right, we're moving on. Sorry. No, I'm not cutting you <laughs> off. I'm not cutting you off. No, yeah. So we got to get through it. The, uh, the Target Edition has three bonus tracks. Now, two of those are just different versions of songs we've already heard, which mm-hmm. is You're On Your Own Kid, which is a strings remix, mm-hmm. and Sweet Nothing, which is a piano remix. So mm-hmm. we're not going to listen to those. No. But track 14 on the Target Edition is my favorite song of all of these. And it's called Hits Different. I've never heard it. Are you kidding me? You've never heard Hits Different. I've never heard Hits Different. Does it hit different, Dad? 
you know what? It actually doesn't hit different. I feel like this is the most <laughs> Taylor Swift sounding of any of the songs from these sessions. All right. So let's listen. This to is it. hits different. I washed my hands of ice at the club. You made a mess of me. I pictured you with other girls in love and threw up on the street. Like waiting for a bus that never shows, you just start walking on. They say that if it's right, you know. What do you think of that? That is crazy. Isn't no that wonder great? that that's the the target. Yeah. So I was I was avoiding listening to it because I knew we were going to do this and I knew that you had the target addiction mm-hmm. edition. But I am a lifelong Spotify user, and it's only Target. She has this deal. It's only like even Spotify. Spotify gets the three AM edition, but it doesn't get this track. I mean, th- this is this should have just crazy. this should have been included on the album. I feel the regular edition. But I understand why it's not because it's such a departure from everything else. Yeah, in my opinion, it's a, it's a legit, it does hit different. It's a legit from everything else. It hits different from everything else yeah, on this album. On this album, but it doesn't hit different in the catalog of songs I love from it Taylor Swift. It feels so classic Taylor Swift that I was like, I was like, what is ha- what is does Jack Antonoff produce that one? Um, let me see. Produced by Jack Antonoff, Aaron Desner, and Taylor Swift. And, and those three wrote it also. So yeah. I don't know when that I don't know when that song is written yeah, you or get where that it comes really from. clear guitar and I'm like, yeah. what is what is happening? I know. It's just and it's got a sing along chorus and the whole thing is great. Amazing. It's great. Um we're gonna move on to Midnight's three AM edition. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven songs on this unfortunately i don't have any lyrics for this this because this is this is just digital i didn't know it was just digital i thought the target version got you everything and no it does not give you oh but you know what she's smart she'll probably release an deluxe version where you'll get a cd target deluxe Yeah. yeah she's done that before so this will uh this will clock in for us at track 15 Mm-hmm. You know, and this is called The Great War. Mm-hmm. And you know these songs. Yes, so I 100%. It's different. the only one you didn't know. The only one I didn't know. And that was a crazy surprise. All right. Here's The Great War.
Now I do have the lyrics in front of me because guess what? I got the internet. I, it's so true, Dad. That's a good song. I you like that true. song? So this is, I think, my favorite of the bonus tracks. And guess what? Jack Antonoff did not produce it hmm. or co-write it. It was Aaron Desner. All right. And, and as Aaron Desner helped with that Hits Different, which we loved. Her voice is so clear when Jack Antonoff is not producing a song. And yeah. it's like, the, the other songs sound fine until you get that crisp vocal quality. Yeah. I also think this song pulls in a lot of uh, red influences for me personally. I just, I love it. I think it's so fun. Yeah, that's a good one. The next one is Whole Sky. Mm-hmm. Not H-O-L-E, like hole in the sky. No. But the entire sky. Yeah. All right, let's hear it. Where is it? Oh, it's actually, I'm sorry. It's I gave the wrong time. It's actually called Bigger Than mm. the Whole Sky. Yeah. Bigger Than the Whole Sky. Sorry, everybody. No words appear before me in the aftermath Salt streams out my eyes and into my ears Every single thing I touch becomes sick with sadness Because it's all over now All out to see getting me she's getting me with these songs this one's sad and Mm -hmm. a little bit boring but i think it's mostly just it's not i get why it's a bonus track it's not a bop like the others and so i'm not when i'm picking songs or even when it's on shuffle this is kind of a skip for me Mm -hmm. you know i get it just just on the basis of it's not the vibe of others but it is good yeah what about paris do you like this one you don't like it? Just hit play. <laughs> okay, let's find out. Your ex-friend's sister at a club and he kissed her turns out it was that guy you hooked up with ages ago some wannabe z-lister and all the outfits were terrible 2003 unbearable did you see the photos no i didn't but thanks though i'm so in love that i might stop breathing drew a map on your bedroom ceiling no i didn't see the news cause we were somewhere else stumbled down pretend alleyways cheap wine make believe it's champagne i was taken by the like we were in Paris Like we were somewhere else Like we were in 
All right, thoughts? I don't love this song. It is giving me the same vibe as the other ones that I've said have a very, like, like remind me a lot of Red, an mm-hmm. album that I do like. But don't, I don't love this song. There are parts of it that are fun. I, I like when she gets, you know, conversational. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the chorus is grating to me. I also, it, I also don't like her song, Welcome to New York. Like, I just... <laughs> you don't like the I Welcome ju- to New York. I don't. Right. I just... You don't like when she sings about places. It gets great. It, it, this one just gets grating to me. No Paris for you, no New York. We were in Paris. If you had to take the red eye from New York to Paris, you would be, you would hate it. Yeah. All right. High infidelity. Mm-hmm. It's a play on words, high fidelity. Mm-hmm. But it's also the name of a fantastic album released in 19, I believe, 80. Do you think she's by Ario Speedwagon called High Infidelity? Do you think that this is an Ario Speedwagon reference? I don't. I don't <laughs> think it is. I have that Crazy. album right behind you, signed directly behind you. Don't even look up. Look more down. See the Cat Face album? Yeah. It's right to the left of it. Oh, yeah. High Infidelity. So true. All right. Three minutes and 52 seconds. Here we go. What a beatbox. Lock broken, slur spoken, wound open, game token. I didn't know you were keeping count. Rain soaking, blind hoping. You said I was freeloading. I didn't know you were keeping count. She throw that date out. Do I really have to chart the constellations in his eyes? Is this is this autobiographical? I think so. Okay, let me tell you something. Yes. Rita's been trying to teach me the new slang for me to use. So I will leave. So I'm going to throw it out. There. I will leave this podcast. For me, this song, High Infidelity. Oh my god. This song is gas. <laughs> it definitely is gas. <laughs> Stop. What? I can't, I song is gas, don't man. even know what to say. Did I use it correctly? Rita and I are going to have a stern conversation. <laughs> um, is that song gas for ma- you? You've made me forget any commentary. I like this song. It, That's because it, it's it has gas. to grow on me. I do think that she is admitting to some some legitimate cheating in this song. Okay, but I'm not sure. People have a lot of theories about the song, but I think. April 29th is a very specific date. And I think there's a it's chance very that she specific. is making a very specific... A pointed reference to something. I think she's making a very specific confession. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot wait to... I mean, it's way too early for her to do this, but in another 10 or 15 years, when she writes her autobiography, that is going to be gas. Are you excited for that movie she's making? What movie is she making? She's directing a movie. Is it autobiographical? I have no idea. Did I don't think so. Did she write the movie? I think so. All right. I, I mean, look, sometimes someone who's successful in one form of entertainment 
you know, flops in another. It's not, it doesn't mean that you're good at everything. Yes. But I'll definitely go see it and yeah, I'll definitely we'll be there. Yeah. I, we'll get the tickets. I'll be there. The only thing that makes me hesitant is there have been some um, little vignettes in her recent music mm-hmm. videos that she's directed. Written. Yeah. Is I, she starring in the movie also? I hope not. Not funny. I don't, I don't think so. I think she's just going behind the, behind the camera. It's also going to give her an excuse to uh, write a soundtrack album, which yes. I'm sure is already written. And ready she, to go. How much music can she? I have write? no idea how much music it's she can write. Ridiculous. That's another thing. If people don't like this album, that's cool. Look at how much she's giving us, given us in the past two and a half years. So much to Taylor's versions, folklore, and Evermore, and so much great stuff. So even if this isn't your jam, you can, you can, you with her, you can be forgiving. You can go. Eh, I'll probably yeah. I'll probably love the next one. And the, I think the thing that this album made made me really appreciate, and the thing I appreciate about Taylor Swift in general, is like there's a lot of criticism of this album that it was that it was corny or goofy. I don't um, think it's corny. I think some of the songs are corny, but she, Taylor Swift is very committed and sincere to how she writes and what she writes about, and she is not at least as an artist particular she does not come off as particularly insecure about seeming really cool or about like writing something in a way that isn't how she wants to portray it she's not afraid of you know cliche metaphor and um i don't know writing about past hurts that she's already experienced like she just writes what she wants to. And I think that's why she's capable of writing so much music is she's not the kind of artist who stares at a blank page and is scared to fill it with something bad. She just lets it flow. She just, yeah. She just, she writes like, she's like said on record, she's like, that she writes like 20 songs for every album. <laughs> and then sometimes she puts those on the back burner. She, sometimes she releases all She of them. releases them. Like, I think that's awesome. I it, think that that's something very few people have is the ability to like, I don't know, take their own feelings and artistry seriously enough to not care if people think that it's um, cliche or corny or not, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. It's non-pretentious. Totally agree. I agree. All right, we're moving on to a song called Glitch. And we've only got two more to go. Here it is. We were supposed to be just friends You don't live in my part of town But maybe I'll see you out some weekend Depending on what kind of mood and situationship I'm in And what's in my system I think there's been a glitch Seconds later, I'm fastening myself to you with a stitch And I'm not even sorry, nights are so sorry, blood moon lit It must be counterfeit I think there's been a glitch I was supposed to sweat you out Alright, this one's kind of a throwaway for me I'm honestly surprised that this isn't on the main album. So I'm going to go like the complete opposite way. Hmm. Um, 
I think it's I think it's fun and interesting. I think it's a little bit uh, Jack Antonoff overproduced. Yeah, it feels that one feels derivative of other things. But I, yeah, I get you. I, I hear you. But it's short too. It's only it's really short. It's yeah. two minutes twenty nine seconds. And that's probably part of it as well. We don't have much to say about that one. Now, what is the next one about? Would have, could have, should have. Is this about John Mayer again? Yes. Man, that song "Dear John" on Speak Now is incredible. Oh yeah. I, it makes me hate John Mayer. Yeah, this this also hates you. Yeah. makes you hate John Mayer. I mean, she was nineteen; he was like in his thirties, right? Yeah, gross. No, this is, and I think this is her. This is what I mean by like she's not afraid to just like return to stuff. And she's like, you know what, dear John didn't cover it enough for me. Well, dear John covers, you know, I think dear John covers how she felt at the time, and now she's his age that he was when he dated her. And now, yeah, and now she's like, you know what? And she's like, actually, you know what? I'm not done. I'm not done, and, and I, I might, respect that. And I might not be done this time either. There might be another one. Yeah, she's got to kill John Mayer with her bare hands, and then we'll be then and we'll Jake Gyllenhaal. Give her that scarf. Send it to her. <laughs> have your people send it to her people so she can have that scarf back. It's ridiculous. Give her that scarf. Okay, would have, could have, should have. Here we go. I'm going to say already, I do like this song. I like her revenge songs and her I'm mad. and This is a good revenge song. It really is. If you would have blinked, then I would have. Looked away at the first glance If you tasted poison You could've Spit me out at the first chance If I was some painted It's better On a promising grown man And if I was a child It didn't matter If you got to wash your hands Yeah, this was a bad relationship. Yeah, this was absolutely. horrible. Can I tell you something unsettling that uh, mm, someone? Mm, <laughs> no, it's about. It's just about another song. All right. Uh, is that I? People have also since gone back and realized that the song "Ours" might be about John Mayer, which, but from when the the good part when she was dating him, okay. the quote unquote good part, like not the good part, but when when like from from a positive light. And it is very disturbing because ours is a song about everyone disapproving of a relationship. Yeah, right. Yeah, and being happy, and it's and it's a very you know. And they're dis, you know, they they disapprove of it because of the age difference. Yes. <laughs> so people look back on that song and been like, "Oh no." Yeah. That's the thing I think of. Yeah. All right. No, that is a that is a a pretty killer pretty killer song. One of I've dunked on her revenge songs, but that is good. Um, yeah. I want to get a, I want to get a full track count of how many tracks we went through. Again, we do not play your on your own kid strings remix or sweet nothing piano remix. I also haven't heard those two, but I'll 
listen to them off. Maybe we'll, we'll use one pod. of those as the play out. Cool. So between the 13 songs on the regular standard edition, and then you add a 14th song with hits different, and these um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven songs, 21 songs she released. Yeah. 21 songs. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. The last one that was officially released on the 3 a.m. edition is called Dear Reader. Here it is. Mm. this song i think it's it feels like a a grand finale Mm -hmm. and it feels like it is placed where it is not even because it didn't it shouldn't have made the cut on the first 13 but because you know in this day and age there's an awareness that most people are listening to the deluxe edition right uh, or the extended edition and so this feels like this is like the final the, the real final track of yeah. this album. Like, this is what she was like, I'm going to end with this, even if that just makes it a bonus track. Um, it's very self-aware. It's, if you've, you know, followed Taylor Swift's career for any amount of time, it's a very interesting direct, um, direct addressed song. Because she doesn't, there isn't a lot of um, to my fans <laughs> right, songs. No, no not on this, this, no. Yeah, so this kind of like intended for, you know, us, the people listening. It's it's very interesting, Um, and I do quite like it. Well, I'll burn you a copy of all 21 songs so that you can have it for your car. Dad, you know Taylor Swift really really needs the money. I should buy. I should just buy the album myself. Mm, I'll just burn you a copy, and you can keep it in your car. And that way you can bop to It's Different, because that song is gas. 
And All right. with that, I think that's the end of our podcast. Let's listen to a little of You're On Your Own Kid, You're On Your Own Kid Strings Remix. And then uh, since Sweet Nothing is so nice, I'll use that as the play out. Okay. And what's our what's our time on this on this podcast? One hour and twenty two minutes. We did good. Yeah. We had a lot to get we're, through. We're I gonna catch like, we're gonna catch up with you after this song though. I'm gonna ask a couple questions. Hold on. Summer went away, still the yearning stays I play it cool with the best of them I wait patiently, he's gonna notice me It's okay, we're the best of friends Anyway, I hear it in your voice You're smoking with your boys I touch my phone as if it's your face I didn't choose this town dream of getting out there's just one who could make me stay all my days from sprinkler splashes to fireplace ashes awaited ages to see you there i searched the party it's good it has the slight strings in the background kind of like it better maybe it's really nice yeah i understand why this kind of production you know, is something you release as a bonus track and not on the yeah. main album. But it's, it's nice. nice that they tried stuff like that, though. Yeah, absolutely. And it might be something you hear in concert, you know? True. That's true. Maybe she'll bring out some uh, some stringed instruments. Rita got those Taylor Swift tickets. Yep, that Rita did get Taylor insane. Swift tickets. She got, like, pre-sale mm-hmm. $50 Taylor Swift tickets. Yeah. Because no, she's the luckiest kid on the planet. and pe- like She's one of the lucky ones, as Taylor Swift would say. That's not what that song's about. <laughs> Rita's the kind of person where you go places with her and like it would not be unreasonable uh, for someone to just walk up and be like, hey, I've had $100 on the street. Do you want it? Yeah. Well, like her whole life. I told I told her, I go, look, you're 18 now. And when the Powerball was like a billion dollars, you should go play a lottery ticket. You yeah. should go buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> not just for you, but for me. Yes. No, yeah. She's like... First time she was ever on like a plane as a kid, first class upgrade. Here's a cookie. Yes. Like it's crazy. Just her whole. <laughs> it's crazy. Her whole life. Yep. Lucky in a very specific way. Lucky in a specific way. So I hope next time. I, I hope her luck extends to everything in life. Yes. Next time she's on the pod, you'll have to ask her how that how that show went because you're not invited. <laughs> I'm not invited to go to that show. Okay, now, 2022. Uh, you, me, and Rita have all been blessed with jobs. Yes. Rita and I are working at Trader Joe's. Yes. Together, the same store, and we are loving it. We feel like we have a hundred new friends. I'm not kidding. We are really, we're really enmeshed in the Trader Joe's culture. And everyone, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 97% of the people that work there are fantastic. And I'm going to say 97% of the customers that come in are fantastic. So it's really been fun. And you have been blessed with a job that's in your field. Yeah, I uh, got a job. Um, I'm working uh, at one of the colleges around where I live. um, And I am working in the library uh, in circulation, uh, which is what I want to do. I want to go into library science, get my master's. So uh, it's really excited. And I've also never had like a full-time adult job. I've I've done a lot of I've had a lot of different part time jobs, right. but now that I'm out of college, 
uh, yeah, this is my first full time gig with benefits. Ju- yeah, but you just and you just graduated in what May or May. June? Yeah, and before the year, and then you you had one of those jobs that you get when you. You know, you're first out of college and you need a job to a legal assistant. (laughs) Yeah. And you just and you take it and you know, that's not going to be your career and you know, you're not going to be there forever, but you take it because they they need people and you need money. Yep. Absolutely. And so so that's what you do. And so we're very, very proud of you and very pleased that you scored, you know, a job. Thank you. Because you're a go getter. You I think you are. You are always actively searching for what the next step is going to be. Mm-hmm. So, congratulations. Thank you. And I'm <laughs> very happy for you and Rita at your Trader Joe's jobs. The extroverts have found their calling. Oh my god, we are we are extroverting on a daily basis. It is crazy. I could I could not do what you do. It's um it's physically it's it's not physically taxing to where I'm like, "Oh my god." But it's like, but it I, would be for me. <laughs> yeah, and it would be for Pilar. But it's uh, it's like I can't explain it. It sound it almost sounds crazy if I say that we. I feel invigorated by being around all these new people and young people. Yeah. And when I say young, you know, a thirty year old is is young compared to me. This you know is what I mean? true. And um, so I'm enjoying conversations, and I don't feel like they're. I don't feel like they're talking about me behind my back like yeah. uh, this guy. I I genuinely except feel for Rita. except for Rita. I genuinely feel like uh, Rita and I have been embraced and that um, and that you know people are enjoying us and I'm enjoying them these people so much. I really am. It's you know when you get up and you go I don't want to go to work. Absolutely. We've all had that feeling. Yes. Ah, we've not had that at all. We're like even when you got to get up at like four in the morning. I got to get up tomorrow. We we both work 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. So we have to leave the house at 540. It's very close by. We can get there in like 10 minutes. But mm-hmm. reasonably, we leave at yeah. 540. But we'll have to get up at, you know, 510. You're yawning now, just me saying it. This is so true. Um, what are your hours going to be? My hours, uh, it's honestly like a typical, like it's um, 830 to 5 or 930 to 6. So pretty, pretty standard. Nice. That's good. Get a nice long lunch break in there. Perfect. So with that, again, congratulations. Thank Merry you. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy, happy New Year. Hanukkah. What day are you leaving? Yeah, happy Hanukkah. Tonight's the last night. What time? Are you, what day are you leaving? I keep forgetting. The 30th? The 30th. So you will not be here for New Year's Eve. No. But you'll be you'll be back in Massachusetts, safe and sound, yep. and, and that will allow me to have a nice New Year's Eve. Yeah, because I'll be gone. Knowing that, you, <laughs> no, knowing that you're safe. <laughs> I, well, I don't know what you'll be up to, but I know you'll be safe. Yeah. See how relaxing your New Year's is when Rita has all her friends over. Well, I'm used to Rita having all her friends That's over. That's true. And you know what? I got to be honest with you. I'd rather be the house where the kids are. True. So I know what's up. Not and drinking the, and, and driving. There's, and there's nothing up with Rita and her friends. Oh, no. But I I like to be the house. So yeah. That's the deal. All right. With that, we covered Taylor Swift's Midnight's including the 3 a.m. edition, and now we are going to close it out with one of the Target bonus tracks called Sweet Nothing Piano Remix. Uh, thank you for being here, Ezra. Ezra, this was actually your idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm your resident Taylor Swift consultant now. Yes, you that are. That is my role on this podcast. Yes, you are. So all I can say is Happy New Year, and I love you. Love you.
hate you. <laughs> Here we go, sweet nothing. Testing, not on, one, two. My, I don't hear myself in my... I have to turn it up here. I want to turn it up slow so I know you're sensitive. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, I'm not getting, I'm not getting anything. Like at all. How about now? Boop, boop, boop. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Yeah, so- I wasn't getting you or me. Okay. But now you're here? Yeah. All right. So, yeah.